Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast where two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Travis Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello, welcome. I think we're just going to stick with some standard click pitch this week. Yeah. Uh, Should we do two words or should we drop back to one word and just give ourselves, I don't know, a little bit of of, uh, room to imagine? What do you think? Okay. One word it is. So... Classic click pitch. Mm, classic click pitch. It's been a while since we've done this. Yeah. Two nouns. Don't have describing words. <laughs> mm, we've got to describe it ourselves. So, uh, for those who may not have listened before, click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we will click refresh, get a new word, and we will jam those words together and make a game. Talk about awesome. it. Awesome. See where we can go and then- Throw it away once we're done. Never to be seen again. Until you listen to it and it's been edited edited and all that sort of jazz. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, right. we, we say never to be seen again, but we, we do self-referential um, going back to old games a lot. you don't ever see these <laughs> games because it is an audio-only medium. So, I was technically correct. Yeah. Okay. Three to one click. <laughs> Splattering. Posing. Okay. I had an image of people shooting paintballs at models. (laughs) 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 I'm not sure what to take from that into a game, but that was just the first thing that popped into my head. Um, It could be something interesting around like, uh, like, yeah, like shooting paint at someone. And then obviously the pose they're in determines where the paint doesn't hit or the shape that it makes behind or something. Um. So now I'm picturing that it's a it's a paintball sort of game, but it's in like, um, say a wax museum, sort of like a Madame Tussauds or something like that. So there's okay. lots of um, poses in which the um in which the wax fig- figures are, and you're yeah. sort of running around using them to to sort um sort of hide behind just as cover and stuff as cover, and you can sort of get yourself into the pose to to cover the entire the entirety of your body, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> right, and it's about like how much coverage, how much paint you covered in by the end, based on how well you've you've like matched the pose. Yeah, so I think the cool wrinkle is that um, you're actually playing wax figures, so you actually look like a wax figure, so you can run into a room <laughs> and sort just of like stand still, stand still if they didn't happen to see which which figure you were each time mm. you respawn. You respawn as a new person. <laughs> Well, I, well, no, I, I like the idea that you're some sort of soul that is um, uh, that is possessing these wax figures. So each time you, yeah, each time you respawn, you respawn into a different one. But it means there's less and less of them. Yeah, yeah. So you get to the point of, hang on, that one wasn't there before. Oh my god! Yeah, you <laughs> so- start to know which ones have been moved and not. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so does that. You say re- I think what happens is they they get recycled. If when you get hit, um, you know, you your spawn counter goes again, um, and you spawn into another one. Like getting hit by these, um, I think they're like spectral paintballs. They actually knock your spirit out of the wax, but <laughs> okay. it also leaves While a splat. also leaving a splat of paint. Yep. Um, but it just means that later on you can come back into say the Jack Nicholson that you had at the very start. <laughs> yeah, and he's where where he was left. And and then right. all of a sudden, he oh, moves. I like the idea that yeah, your soul gets knocked out of them, and so then they're frozen in that pose until one of your souls jumps back into it again. Yeah, and you Is may this- not be jumping back into that. So yeah, maybe someone else. I, I like the idea that your each wax <laughs> museum character has like power ups. Okay. Oh, okay. They've each got their own sort of skills or weapons or something. Yeah. Well, I guess you're, you're always you're using- of, Yeah, you're always you're using sort of like, things, but- um, Almost like a PUBG sort of thing that you're able to pick stuff up um, from the ground and, you know, arm, arm your, um, okay, your wax so figure. Th- but- So, is is there- When you get taken out, the wax figure keeps all the stuff and you you now get knocked <laughs> into a, another random one. If you set up Jack Nicholson to be, like, awesome- Later on, and someone gets in um, back into Jack Nicholson, they've all of a sudden got the best weapon in the game, and they're going to yeah. smash you. <laughs> all right, okay, but I, so I like this idea. But then, if 
if the paintballs, if they're spectral paintballs balls are what's knocking you out of the wax figures, what is the point of any other weapons? Yeah, but it's just, um, say, like a Gatling gun style um, paintball gun. Okay. Just different, so it's different just versions different of paintball. paintball guns. Okay. Well, I, that's fine, except I was liking the idea of potentially being able to, like, cut off limbs and things. Um, oh, you could do that, too. That could be fun. Because that obviously, you know, it's not- These are just wax figures, but it's going to limit their movement, perhaps, or their- Or what they can carry, or different things, to the point that you could cripple someone and they're stuck in this wax figure. I'm just wondering what the overall point of that would be. Do you know what I mean? Like, you take off um, Jim Carrey's legs while one of the other players' soul is in there, and- But don't shoot them with the paintball. <laughs> And, and just and leave then, them there for the rest of the game. <laughs> They're just yeah, crawling well, along it. the ground, <laughs> <laughs> slowly moving as you, as you as you see a whole heap of people just jump over and move down to the other end of the end of the wax museum. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I guess I'm, I guess it depends on how many how points are determined and how many other people are playing. Because you could do that to just like, all right, let's get this person out of the game for a while, and I'll work on taking out other people. Do you get points for knocking out a soul, or is that, or is there some other? Uh, condition, win condition. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's not like a single shot, um, and you're out sort of thing. I think it's more of a, um, headshot and you're out instant. Um, if you get body shot, then it's like two body shots or like three limb shots sort of thing. Um, and that'll, that'll knock the, um, knock the spirit out Mm. of the, um, and you, you get, um, that's, those three within a um within a short period of time, say um, right because they're like twenty seconds wax, or something like that. They're holding the wax recharge. So I mean, it's basically it's basically just recharging health. Yeah, with different um yeah like different shots doing different amounts of damage. But um okay, and I just, then I just a, love the idea of never kill. knowing which one they're in, and you can you can actually you know with it with a slight penalty. Um, I think automatically eject yourself out of a um out of a a wax figure. Maybe if you pu- if you pull up a um a certain power up, you can shoot actually yourself switch. In the head. <laughs> well, I'm thinking I'm thinking with a certain power up, you can actually um switch. Um, I'll switch them. Okay, Jump switch into to another one. to another one that you that you want to switch to. Mm. So you can sort of like be running away, quickly switch, and then they don't know which which you're in. Well, I like that idea then as well that you can that and and again maybe this comes down to which. Uh, celebrity or character you're in, but you can make a wax figure move that isn't you, like that doesn't have a soul in it. You, but you can like sort of uh, astrally uh, move it in some way to use as a decoy, right? Like you, so you run into a road. Let's let's say, I mean, who would have who would have that power to? Um, I don't know who's played a telepath. Okay, maybe it's Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Patrick Stewart, you're in Patrick Stewart's body. Wax figure. As, you run as, into- as Professor X. As Professor X. You mm-hmm. run into, um, and just to keep on theme, you run into the Star Trek room because he'd have a reason to be in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you with someone, to cha- another- with someone chasing you. Well, you don't switch. You run into the corner and then across the room, you like make the Michael Dawn start moving as the other, <laughs> as the other character, <laughs> as the other player runs in and they're like, oh shit, he's in Michael Dawn. Bam, bam, bam. And just like Michael Dawn's now got paint on him and the, other players like what the fuck, and then Patrick Stewart is just like, dodge this. <laughs> <laughs> and and funnily enough, the other person was in Keanu Reeves. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> yep, that's great. Sidewalk, right, right. Yes, with a W or an R at the beginning. R. It's the direction. So, I'm thinking you could take sidewalk as walking sideways and it's something crab related. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. And then it's like, because then right as a direction, maybe you're a crab that can only move right. <laughs> it's a puzzle game. Um, so, it's- I, I'm seeing, for some reason, I'm seeing a, um, a, um, like a, a 2D platformer. Mm-hmm. In which, um, <clears throat> you're, in essence, you need to be always going to the right. You're always sort of crab walking on the ground or, or whatever. You can do some, some jumps and all that sort of stuff. 
but in yeah. essence, you're you're sort of running away from something that's coming from the left. Okay, so not you- quite an endless runner, but more more of a yeah. I mean, the standard kind of Mario scrolling, constant yeah. scrolling sort of thing. Yeah, but the idea being that yes, there's something chasing you coming from the left, so therefore you're always going to the right. And I'm picturing that it's it's sort of um, you got levels on on the street, you got levels on the beach, you got other other sort of maybe even sewer levels and that sort of stuff. All right, so you are playing a crab. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is this crab's story? What's going on with with Crabby McCrabison? Is he a pet crab, beach crab, mm. uh, restaurant crab, escaping from a restaurant? I kind of like it's it's a restaurant crab. Yeah, that has already escaped. Yeah, like the opening cutscene or whatever is escaping. Is escaping. Yeah. Um, Literally, it it feigned um, it feigned death for some reason. It's got it's got powers to change its color, so it made itself <laughs> look as though it was cooked. Um, put itself put itself on the um, you know, laid itself down on on like the, on the um, plates on the plate, ready to, ready to go. It got put down, and then all of a sudden it started running out of the restaurant <laughs> right there. Um, so the idea of having sort of like a chameleon crab. Mm. Um, Mm. So this is yeah okay. So this is some sort of special crab that can camouflage itself, like change colors. Why? How did it get this power? Is it just something it was born with a special ability? Um, I think was it radiation. I was think it it's toxic waste. Toxic waste <laughs> that was pumped into the ocean. Um, when oh, it, so this is a when this is born. a caught. Okay, this is a yeah a captured crab. It wasn't bred in captivity or anything. Yeah. Okay, so you're basically trying to get back home. All right. So I, I think um, what can be coming from the left is in the um, in the like first level. Um, you're sort of running along the sidewalk, and you've got the um, the, got chef. the people, the chef running after you, trying to grab you. <laughs> so you've got hands coming down, hands like these coming massive down. hands. Um, All right. So how are we going to make this an interesting platformer? What as a crab uh, can you do? You've obviously got. Um, lots, of, lots of legs. You've got pincing, so you could, like, snip things or grab things with those. Um, and then you've got your camouflage ability. Uh, I guess it depends sort of how f- fast-paced we want it to be as well. Yeah, so I kind of like different sections of the game. I'm already I'm already sort of seeing that um, the section on the sidewalk is, is almost like a, a faux 3D sort of mm-hmm. view, almost like a double dragon, which you're, yep. you're sort of yep. sneaking between all the legs and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, you've you got like shadows coming down that are people's feet that you have to make sure not to be under them. And- yep. And then every now and again, you get to go into into like a pipe um, that sort of takes you into, into like <laughs> a- <laughs> it's sort of like that. Takes you into into like a two D section inside the wall, say, where you're able to to okay. sort of take a little bit more time. And that's um, a bit more of a puzzling section with yeah, like a bit more of a puzzling session got- that um, where you may have to like snip some wires to to cut down like a little bridge sort of thing that you can sort mm. of crawl across and um, camouflage yourself to like maybe there are people walking above it, like there's a grate. Or something, yep. if you're in a suit, you know, if you're down in a pipe and it's like, okay, I've got to make sure not to be seen while I'm in the light or something. Mm. Yep. And- Could be cool. Or I'm, I'm sort of picturing almost a, um, a few different parts, almost like limbo where you had the, mm-hmm. had the searchlights sort of looking and you can sort of blend yourself into the background and then yeah. sort of come out again and, and continue on after the, after the flashlights are gone. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting that you mentioned limbo cause, I was wondering about the tone of the game. Like, is this sort of whimsical or is this a bit dark? I like the idea um, that it's dark because you, you're mm, talking about, you yeah, know- Trying we, not to be eaten. We quite, eat, we quite often eat seafood and other animals and that sort of stuff, being meat eaters. Yeah. Um, All right, so, so I like the idea of, of the of other dark. humans and particularly the chef just being these really, like, ominous dark figures with, like, white shining eyes or something. Um, almost in that limbo style. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, then com- I guess coming across, uh, what sort of other characters do you come across? I'm thinking, you know, do you come across a crocodile in the sewer who's just like totally jaded and, yeah, um, um I think a crocodile in the sewer, um, at one, pa- at one part, maybe just in the background, um, you see Octodad, 
um, just because that'd be awesome to sort of <laughs> say that this, cameo. Is a, this happens is to it, be the same is sort it a dark of version world. of Octodad, though? Because that, that feels a bit too whimsical for this dark time <laughs> we're going from. <laughs> yeah, but the, um, you can, you can have a bit of dark and whimsical just, it's not part of the main game. It's just in the background. If you happen to, well, happen maybe to notice- then, if, if we're going for black humor, maybe it's at the very beginning in the restaurant scene, you see in the background an octopus in a suit, like being eaten and cooked. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> As in he got caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but then I like the idea that you see him later on and it turns out it was just a decoy. <laughs> he, he dressed another octopus in a suit. <laughs> well, what's what's messed up about that is when Octodad is in his suit, everyone thinks he's human. So maybe there's something really dark going on at that restaurant because they literally thought they were serving human. <laughs> Maybe that's why he survived. They like took the suit off, and they're like, "What the fuck? This human? This isn't a human. It's an octopus." Oh, we didn't want to serve calamari. We said, "Yeah, we said long pig." <laughs> God. Um, and then maybe you actually meet a long pig, like just a pig that's got a really, you know, long torso. Oh God! Three, two, one, click. Yeah. <laughs> Rap. Uh, yelping. So rap again with a W or with, with an R a W. At the beginning? Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so it's a it's a pet wrapping game where you're giving pets for presents. <laughs> That's a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Make um, sure you put the air holes. No, this is a game in which <laughs> you play a dog trying to rewrap a whole heap of presents that um <laughs> that like. <laughs> You destroyed in your that um yeah you, you wake up and you realise that one one of your um puppies have have just destroyed a whole heap of presents the night before Christmas or the night before the kid's birthday or something like that so yeah you as a as a almost like a surgeon simulator sort of sort of thing that you don't have opposable right, thumbs you don't have so thumbs yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to wrap just with these massive like meat paws is in you know they yeah like don't yeah, have the any- only way you can pick anything up is by like moving the paws together and, and pinching yep. things in between them yeah uh- <laughs> i love it <laughs> okay i like that i do like that uh all right all right so what what's i think the, a game like this obviously hinges on the controls yeah uh i feel like thumbsticks maybe no i'm thinking no. vr in that you bring the VR. whole hands together to like do all that sort of stuff so, you can't okay. use your fingers, but you just bring the hands together and you're trying to pick it up and trying to pick up each individual piece just to just to move all it. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, I guess I can see the humor in, you know, watching someone or or trying to yourself, like, yeah, bringing your hands together and having to move basically your whole body. Because I guess the <laughs> scale is going to be quite- It's going to be quite large. <laughs> yeah, like the presence is going to be fairly large. Um. Um, um, okay. And so, then- I'm, I'm picturing- Okay, so you manage to get the roll down on the ground, and you knock it with a paw, and it sort of unrolls a bit. The roll of ribbon? The, no, the, ro- the roll of paper. So, oh, you sort of okay. re-wrap all the paper and all that sort of stuff, so you sort of- <laughs> um, Imagine trying to grab a big box and move that across and- Well, yeah, I, like, I think that basically you're trying to replicate the original present. I don't know if it shows you what the original present looks like or you have to remember in some way. Like, it's, there's almost a bit of memory as well. But, you know, the the parents of these kids are really into wrapping things. So, <laughs> some of them are maybe quite intricate. And there's, like, multiple ribbons and boxes oh, yeah. in bo- boxes. In boxes. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you get a certain amount of boxes and you're like- how did this all fit together? Because you've got the you've got the presents, you've got the boxes, you've got the wrapping paper, you've got the ribbon, and you've got to sort of get them all back together um, in this sort of physics playground where, yeah, you're very limited in how you can grab things. Um, one thing that you quite often can't use in in um, other VR games is your head. Mm. I like it's the idea head. of being able to, like, <laughs> use your head to, like, Hold down a um, like if you need to hold down something as you, like as you, you get some tape, as you, get and the you need tape to out. hold your fold down. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna have to have some pretty good paper physics. That's something that's I feel like is probably pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, or unless we unless we can simplify it in some way, but uh, I, I mean, like as usual, that- we're not actually gonna build this thing. So I like the idea that you actually see the snout 
just slightly oh, out God. there. So at all times. Just, like just at the bottom. So like your nose, you know how yeah. the, the nose is there. Like it's just a little bit longer. I do so you know how the nose see. is there. <laughs> um, you can just see at all times if you look down, you can just see like how far out the nose is. So you're not yeah. having to get like right in there. You can sort of see, okay, I've got it held down right now with my nose. And- right. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Gives you a bit of context around that. A bit of visibility. <laughs> so I, I wonder then- do the puppies come into play as well? Do you have to, like, sometimes fend them off or are some of them helpful, maybe? Maybe you can, like, use a puppy to- You know how when you're wrapping a present, you might take all the pieces of- Like, all the pieces of sticky tape you're going to need? Mm-hmm. You just, like, stick, tape them on your pu- stick them on your puppy. Yeah, and it's like, all right, come over here. I need another piece of tape. Yep. So, you just- you need your tape lackey. Yeah, I like that a lot. I really do. <laughs> I'm just picturing how hard it would actually be to, like, pick up things in these two paws. Oh, yeah. And yeah. How There's easy a lot of it cool- would be to, yeah. to sort of, like, get them sort of balanced in that, um, you know, obviously you can't put them too close together. Otherwise, it'll sort of flip um, flip out of, the, out of the paws. Yeah, you'd have to be careful not to make it too- yeah, like because you obviously don't have any feedback, any haptic feedback or anything. So yeah. I think that can be a bit tricky at times. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I think you could make it work. I think yeah. you could make it work. Cool. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. Smiling, sheriff. I wonder if is this like much like Footloose? Footloose is that the one where they weren't allowed to dance? Yes. I'm thinking this is a town where the sheriff has decided it's illegal to smile. Um, because he believes it leads to improper thoughts. <laughs> um, like it's maybe a really extremist anti. I mean, like dirty dancing was kind of you know it leads to sexual thoughts or something. It's like, well, smiling is the first step to orgasm, <laughs> <laughs> so we can't have that. And, and he, he, play- he says that to like the teenage, uh, not not the teenage kids, but like the <laughs> the, um, the kindergarten kids. <laughs> 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 yeah, totally. It's the abstinence. It's the like beyond abstinence only. It's like abstinence from any joy because that's too close to coming. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, obviously you play like a, one of a group of, re- you know, the, the teenage rebellion. No, I thought no. that you played the sheriff. You play the sheriff. So it's literally just watching people as you walk past and making sure there's not a hint of a smirk on their face. Otherwise yeah. you shoot them. <laughs> With a taser. Yeah, I guess. Well, wipe the smile off your face, Missy. But then, then you come across a, um, you know, a, a masochist or, or whatever, and they they get <laughs> off on pain. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no, I don't know. How can we- I, I think that's sort of a, a funny setting. How do we turn that into, into a game? Into a, a nar- video James? <laughs> into, um, yes, your son, video James. How would that work as a video game? Um, <laughs> you can't say video game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the idea that anyone named James is just multiples of the thing called Jame. <laughs> like pluralized, <laughs> a pluralized Jame, a group of James, uh, all stuffed into a, a skin suit. Anyway. Well, uh, I'm, I'm actually spelling it G-A-M-E. Uh but I'm saying it, Jame is in GIF. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Let's not get into that on this podcast. <laughs> All right. So, the, the, the smiling ban in the town of Happiness, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Something ironic. Grinsville. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, and, and so, when, when you see now entering Grinsville, uh, Grinsville, wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. I like that. I like that. Um, so, Grinsville and- uh, I don't know. Here, how does this sheriff enforce it? Does he just arrest people? Are there fines? And and what's the, uh, what's the gameplay here? I mean, you've got to have a smile button. <laughs> well, I'm, some, I'm thinking- or, or is it analog smile control? <laughs> I'm thinking what you being the sheriff, you're still like having to report to 
domestic situations and that sort of stuff. But as you're driving, um, you can sort of be looking at the window, just looking for anyone having joy or anything like that. Um, <laughs> Make sure nobody's having fun. So this is an open world. Yeah, um, I'm thinking sort of sort an of thing. LA noir sort of level of of openness. Okay, there's certain things that you're doing, but you can also like check Little out side, um, side missions and yeah, as you're driving things. down, you you hear like um, kids playing hopscotch, and you just you know you're looking at the window just trying to check <laughs> are they smiling? It's like and it's no, all right, not- the dour these dour kids just <laughs> <laughs> jumping it's frowns on their faces. Well, I'm picturing that they, they sort of go up to the fence and they just sort of stare at the car as it's going past. <laughs> sort of like um, Allied Children of the Corn or something like that. <laughs> just to give it that bit of creepy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, all right. And so then what's the sort of main hook? Is there a group of rebellious teenagers that you have to try to shut down? Um, uh, I, I think I think there's like- um, there's a gang who have been coming along and like tagging graffiti everywhere, and the graffiti is just Big a grins. smiley face, yeah, like a smiley face emoji sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's the last thing that you want. You know, someone's trying to spread joy, and, and it's the last thing you see before you die. So <laughs> I'm I'm picturing that the rules are that if you're if you're in your own house you're allowed to be as happy as you want. It's just out in public that you that you're not. As long as to you're be. of age, um, and married. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, I think what happens indoors stays indoors. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess I feel like that's too lenient for this <laughs> guy. This totalitarian society. Um, At the end of the first day and you go home and you realise that he and his wife are, are, like, watching a comedy or something like that and he's continually smiling. Oh, I mean, he's totally corrupt. He smiles whenever the fuck he wants. Uh, Well, I think just, like, I think, you know, like the fact that certain types of sex were illegal for a long time, but obviously people were- you know, people can't be monitored and, and, and we're doing it in their own homes. I think it's still illegal, but people do smile in their own homes because yeah. they're like, well, all right, I mean, nobody can see us. So, um, um, you, you, get he- co- you get called to a domestic um, that someone has, has been, um, that one of the neighbours have called and you get there and it's like, I heard this couple laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally get those people. They're like, they're all, they're all into it. There are, there are people who are like, yes, this is the right thing. Nobody should smile yeah. ever. Um, and I like the idea that you're like knocking on their door and, and you hear We've like had this- reports of laughter in the area. <laughs> <laughs> Can I come in, please? Let me check what's in your DVD player. Let me check your Netflix history. <laughs> Happy Gilmore. Okay, I think you've got to come down to the station and answer some questions. Oh, I thought you were going to say, Happy Gilmore. Okay, everything's fine here. You obviously weren't <laughs> laughing at that. <laughs> uh, all right. I think, I think that's fine. Let's, let's. That's pretty funny, though. Like, you could, you could definitely go <laughs> someone with that. Yeah. We can keep going if you like. No. All right. Three joint click. Autograph. Mainframe. Ooh. Is it a celebrity computer of some sort? <laughs> is it the first, like, is it the first AI or something? Or maybe it's the first, like, AI actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the future, when, when artificial intelligence, you know, becomes a thing. But as with any, you know, as with, as humans tend to do, we oppress the new sentient species- um, so it's, it's on the set of the new, um, the new Pixar film, um, in which okay. you've got animated characters that are actual AI actors. Um, <laughs> okay. Yep. And, and I know this is going to get a bit weird, but you're there. Oh, it's going to get weird. It's going to get weird. Um, you're there investigating a murder of one of the AI AI people Character. with with characters within within the movie. Turns oh. out that like they got murdered by like a a virus sort of thing. Very graphic well, on, the, on the scene, but um, 
and they were filming, which yeah. is to say <laughs> rendering. <laughs> um, all right. No, okay. I, I like this idea. It's given me Happy Time Murders vibes. Yeah. Um, Gee, that was a good film, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. So, you're investigating the murder of an AI. Now- Obviously, AIs are a bit harder to kill than other things. In well, they, you have after you have to use different methods, yeah. um, because I think. Well, I mean, we need to. I guess we need to develop sort of the law behind these these AIs. Are they within a, a, a single computer system? Are they sort of distributed across so the, the way internet? I see it, the way I see it is, any time that they want to do a film with one of these AIs. Each AI is basically like a mainframe box that gets mm-hmm. wheeled wheeled into the stage. It's oh, got like physically a- wheeled in. They're not <laughs> wheeled- physically wheeled in, but then like plugged oh, into the network. Oh, maybe there's like a thing. Yeah, but maybe there's a thing that AIs can't be connected to the internet because of some incident that happened, you know, many early ago. In the early days, which is of why AI. they have to physically be on the set. Exactly. Now being yeah. on the set is basically you know just plugged into the local network. Yeah, which is isolated from the internet. And, and so the way the director actually does. His directing is he plugs into the system via like a VR headset that um, translates him into into this world that mm. he can actually tell the people where to go and all this sort of stuff. So in investigating, you have to actually plug yourself in. I'm picturing this as a as a point and click sort of adventure game thing in which yeah yeah you know um, in the um in the VR world maybe you you get a little bit more um, leniency in. In the physics and that sort of stuff, oh, of you know, course. it turns into yeah. more cartoony sort of stuff that you can I do. I mean, that's the whole reason they even film in in the sort of virtual AI world is um, they don't have to rely on on CG artists to make these effects and things. They're sort of semi controlled by um, the beings that live there who have control over all this stuff, right? Yeah. So I, I like the idea that the um, this mainframe. Um, Murder that happens is is literally like a uh, like you investigating into the box and all that sort of stuff and notice that it hasn't been tampered with at all, but something okay. something software wise has come has been inserted in through some sort of digital means. Um, there's not been any any. Um, so there's been no physical access to the mainframe box to itself. the mainframe box itself. It's somehow been connected to the internet and. And someone okay. has, has done something else or somewhere within the software. Oh, so you're saying that- Well, because it might be more interesting as a- as Because a, if you say that, oh, the network got connected to the internet, like, it could be anyone. I kind of like the idea that it still is- it, it has to be someone who has connected to this isolated network or who mm-hmm. has access to it. So, you've got sort of your narrowed down list of suspects. Um, but also- you know, maybe you start finding out that some of the other AIs had something against this one and were maybe working with people on the outside so that they, you know, it's possible that someone in the real world could have smuggled some sort of dangerous, you know, virus or software or application into this network for one of the other AIs who then kind of, yeah. you know, deployed it in whatever. So, what, what way I'm liking to- about this so far is the fact that. You can actually take this character and have him as like an awestruck sort of, um, sort of character. Like he, he absolutely loves, um, like he's a, he's a, oh, the, um, the detective? a film buff. Yeah. The, okay. the detective is a real film buff and, and, yeah. you know, really wants the, the autograph of, of like the main, the main CG actor. Right. Um, Who was it that was killed? Shall we go into, or at least like how famous were they? Like what? Um, I was think- it like the co-star, like on a similar level of fame to to sort of the main? I, know, I think it's a fading co-star, as in one who's this was their okay. break coming back into um, it's like a comeback, comeback after. You know, okay, they were they were one of the early AIs. Here's so maybe the thing: they-, they play different characters every time, but of um, course. So, you know, they don't look the same all the time. But there's there's like I'm picturing like there's certain um graphical things that you can sort of tell who the actor was, um, who the AI actor was. <laughs> well, so maybe like it's a, just around- a receding hairline, but the character changes each time sort of thing. 
Like there's something somehow hard-coded into their, like, intelligence <laughs> matrix that means yep. they can't render anything but a receding hairline <laughs> or, like, six fingers on one hand or something, you know. Yep. That's interesting. Or like the, they've vo- kind of- the voice is, is the same every time. Yeah, thing, they've, so- got, they've got certain kind of bugs in their code that, they, that can't be- Like, maybe maybe an artifact of ge- of generating, of developing an AI is that, you know, like evolution- it it creates these kind of dead ends of of selection, um, and it is things that then yeah manifest in certain ways. I, I like the idea that when they say I'm going to be in my trailer, they just sort of disconnect and go back into like the, this little, um, you know, you can tell that they've gone back into their into their um, mainframe box that yeah, is sitting like the on light a trailer. Changes color on the. Out- <laughs> That's it's on a trailer, it's right. It's sitting, it's sitting on, like, a little wagon sort of thing. Yeah, like a little wheelie, it. you know, like a forklift thing. <laughs> a, hand, a hand lift. But being <laughs> um, able to do some investigations within the VR world and without, like- I, I Yeah, think yeah, that, yeah. I think that that's be- really cool. Um, and just, yeah, being able to flesh out that whole world, pun not intended, since they don't have flesh, um, of, of, yeah, these AIs that are- that are stars and, and, and then determining what else are AI is doing in this world. Like, I guess they're just sort of doing any job that can be done. Yeah. Um, so on, well, in isolated networks, right? Like they can't connect to the internet. So there's certain things they can't do. Well, maybe when you're in there and, and you, you're sort of investigating, you're talking to the, um, t- talking to the main guy, you see a character that literally shouldn't be in this, in this world, like it's mm. a closed set and all this sort of stuff, and there's a, there's a, like there's a character that you see often, the, often sort of like the distance that <clears throat> like opens a door and sort of runs away. So you got like that sort of, um, maybe there's a rogue AI involved in in this, and whether they're a witness or whether they're the actual murderer, mm. that's that's for you know the detective to sort of. Investigate and see. Yeah, well, I like the idea that there are all these sorts of leaks. Like everyone, everyone kind of thinks, oh yeah, like this stuff's totally secure, isolated network. You know, they can't get out to the internet, nothing can get in. But like the real, you know, on a on something like a movie that hundreds of people work on, realistically, stuff gets uploaded into the network. Um, The Faraday cage, including um other, (laughs) including other AIs, and you know, even I like the idea that there are kind of lesser AIs that are a bit like animals. But, you know, they, they might still inhabit a human form, but they're just like kind of stupid. Like they have the intelligence <laughs> of an animal. Um, and, and that they are sort of like viruses. So, you know, someone does just absent mindedly you know, plug in a USB stick with a movie they want to watch on it or something. And like a, a, a fucking little dumb AI has, has hitchhiked its way, you know, through the data yep. stream and gets onto the network and that manifests itself in different ways. So kind of like the start of the game, um, your character sort of comes in, comes into the, um, comes into the world. It's like their first day on the job and they're being like taught how this all sort of works by their mentor. Um, mm-hmm. and you do like a, a, a simple case just to start off with. Um, so has this person just kind of, is this, the, have they, are they just out of like police academy or uh, is this just their first day on the job of like the AI beat? Yeah, the first day of the job on the AI beat. Okay, um, so they've been in some other um, part of the police force. Yeah. They're a detective now or whatever. They've solved a ton of real-life crimes. And now they're delving into the um, digital world because- Yeah. Um, um, it requires a special sort of set of way of thinking and- Yeah. They've basically been promoted into this position. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing the, the, the old guys um, sort of- Or the-, the Old detective who's your mentor on this, you know, he's sort of retiring in, in, you know, a few weeks sort of thing. I kind of so like you- the idea that this old detective has been around since the early days of, of AI and, and was maybe even involved in sort of some of the decisions. Like he testified in some of the, in some of the cases that, re- that put the laws in place that AIs couldn't be connected to the internet. Um, yep. But I kind of like the idea that he's like the stereotype of just an internet nerd. <laughs> just like greasy, overweight, still always eating Cheetos. But when but he goes in but he, but VR. A cop. Yeah, like he's this super like archetypical top cop. <laughs> yeah. So he just, he just looks, you know, um, chiseled abs and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you can choose however you want to look in, <laughs> in the virtual world. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that a lot. That'd be really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, are you picturing this? What, like you said, point and click adventure. Um, yeah. So, I, I'm I'm picturing that like the clues that you're sort of picking up in the AI world, the way it sort of gets transported into into the real world is um, it gets downloaded to your tablet. Sort of mm-hmm. thing. So mm-hmm. if you, if you're investigating something in the, in the outside world, um, you've got like a camera sort of thing that you can take a photo of and it will sort of digitize it and, um, yeah. and you'll be able to and sort then of when interact. You're in the, yeah. In the, when you're in the VR world, you can kind of interact with it physically then. Yeah. And, and to ask people, you know, what do you think of, of mm. this? Um, you know, I took a photo of your chassis and do you remember, um, do you remember this scuff mark sort of being, being made it's like oh no yeah. no i don't have any any knowledge of that and then you can sort of pick well, up that's like, a security like how camera much and- how much do the do the ais know about what they look like in the in the physical world i guess um, you know if, I, if photos and things can be can come external- in and out like i like the idea oh, that they've okay. got some um they've got some external sensors that they can sort of you know, uh, okay have a, so have a feeling as and, to what's, a, and what's on the outside and so yeah, i guess they kind of need that to protect themselves yeah so you can interact on on the outside as well as interact in person uh, on the inside. <laughs> well, I like that too, because I like the idea that initially the first access you have to an AI is just talking to them via their mainframe chassis um, through their- and, and it's just kind of a shitty digitized voice with, you know, a flashing light that changes, like very Hal 9000 <laughs> kind of thing. But then I'm you- sorry, Dave. <laughs> Well, but yeah, but I'm thinking like actually like a really crackly, digit- you know, a shitty digitized voice. Um, <laughs> I was more thinking of the light, the light um, of Hamlet Thousand, but uh, but then you like you don't recognize them when you finally get into the virtual world because mm-hmm. they obviously look completely real. And are we thinking these things are? I mean, I guess it depends on what movie they're in, but like, are they fucking toys because they're doing Toy Story seventeen, or are they humanoid humans? Um, like, I kind of like the idea that. The graphical style on the outside is more cartoony, and the graphical style on the inside of the VR world is more realism. Oh, that's cool! Just to sort of okay. get the juxtaposition of of art styles. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Are you thinking this is a three D point of click? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, remember that going back in time, the. The DOS game normality. Yeah. Yeah. How that was like a 3D adventure game. Um, Yes. From a first person. Using something akin to the Doom engine or the Wolfenstein engine almost. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea of it being like a a point and click adventure game from from within within the eyes. From first person. Yeah. from, From first person. All right. Not second person <laughs> or third. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into second person point and click adventure. I don't quite know how that would work. Anyway, it technically, um, technically, um, a lot of those you know um, third person adventure games is you dictating what the character does. So it would technically be second person, wouldn't it? You're telling a character what to do. <laughs> I guess if you are identifying directly as that character, I don't know. Anyway, the second person gets confusing when you try to put it into video game terms. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so first person, that's interesting how well that would work. Um, we'll have to do some really good facial animation and stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm sort of going down down the point of- you know, should should this be a few different cases or should it just be the one uh, tutorial case and then the major case that you're sort of trying to solve? <clears throat> I think the major case. I think you want to develop these characters yep. and this world over the course of this whole case. Um, and obviously, you know, you, you have particular plot points that, that, that will switch it up a bit and, and change your suspects and change, you know, maybe your motives and your, even your, your cause, of, cause of death and that sort of thing. Um Okay, so let, let's delve a little bit deeper because I'm really enjoying this. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I really like the idea of um, the outer world, the real world being a simpler art style. Are you thinking almost a bit sort of cell shaded, or is it literally that the people are a bit more exaggerated and cartoonish? So what I'm always thinking is that um, you said Wolfenstein before, and I like the idea of of having like the external almost sprites 
you know, um, sort of like the old Wolfenstein style of very blocky <laughs> oh God, really- and somewhat sprighty, but inside it's all 3D model sort of thing. So you Oh can- my God. That's get- pretty extreme. It is. Like a pretty, yeah. You can still, uh- you can still have reasonable, like, quality sprites. You don't have to, have to have it the other way. I don't know. I just thought that could be a bit yeah. of fun. Yeah. That could, that could be fun. I feel like it would turn too many people off. Yeah. Um, I do just like the general idea, though, of, you know, because obviously the first contact you get with this game is going to be the, the real world. And it's like, oh, okay, this is the art style. It's sort of a little bit exaggerated, you know, f- f- sort of flat colors. Um, and then, yeah, the first time you go into VR, it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is just, you know, <laughs> attempting to be photorealistic. It's like fucking <laughs> Uncharted or something, you know. Um, and, and just being able to, you know, sort of maybe follow along, um, maybe the investigation takes, takes a little bit longer. Like it's not sort of solved in a couple of days, but you, you yeah, sort of, well, so each time that you're going in to, to in, um, talk to these people again, they may be in a different movie now. So well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I like the idea. Maybe not that they're, that the one person is going to a bunch of different movies, but I think like the first time you talk to them. You know, they're all still in whatever form they're supposed to be for the movie they were working on. But mm-hmm. yeah, it takes a few, it takes a few weeks and you come back and they've all just scattered now. They're all on different movies across different studios and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, you're sort of having to, I mean, and that's obviously going to teach you a bit more about the world and each of their, but then also each character's glitches, as it were. Yeah. Um, and they're kind of, <laughs> they're little bugs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I really like this a lot. So do I. Um, it's a that's a fun that's a fun world. It really is. It, it's then, amazing what, yeah, what it we come exp- up with with just a couple of words. Like well, that's the game. That's the game. Um, yeah. Well, I just I like the idea of of also exploring what AIs are doing elsewhere in the world and what they do um, in, the, in the off time. Like mm, um, when they're just hanging out in their <laughs> trailer. In their trailer. Um, I always like the idea that you can you can sort of visit um, visit uh, one of one of the AIs in their trailer, and they've got like a family there and all this sort of stuff that they've sort of built up. That they're they're like. Well, yeah, I, was, or- I was also thinking that in this world, like if if there's so many AIs, they're not all going to have work, and there's probably going to be trailer parks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all these mainframes like p- put up on blocks. Uh, um, you know, doing it, doing it tough because they're the previous generation or they're just, you know, they're glitches. Maybe the glitches that they have, um, are too, too heavy and. Yeah. Well, that's it. Maybe they like build up over time and uh, it's a bit of a cancer sort of thing almost. Like the longer you've been around as an AI, the less flexible you are at, at changing roles. And, and visual, you know, the way you look and stuff. I kind of like the idea of maybe what, what ends up sort of killing this other, this other one is they'd, they'd been experimenting with like extending, extending their code base a little mm. bit further to support like a family that they were simulating and all this sort of stuff that, um, sort of stretched oh. them to breaking point that okay. like they've got a secret family. Um, so it wasn't even a murder in the end. It's, it's basically a, a Almost a self-destruction sort of thing that happened in inside their their well, system. Well, I love the idea. Oh, I love the idea that like, so this happened. This character died, and it happened on set. So you've got footage of it. <laughs> um, and they sort of just their code started breaking down. They were glitching more and more. Uh, and maybe you sort of maybe you see shadows of that family in there, but you think it's just them switching between characters. Yeah. But then they shut, like they shut the mainframe down. Um, so I love the idea that once you sort of figure this out, you're like, oh shit, you go and turn the mainframe back on and this family is there. Like they, they didn't die. Part of this was, you know, maybe it was the, the final kind of push that made them into separate entities or something that killed, um, the, 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 the victim, but you turn them back on and they're just like, there's, there are these beings. I I, kind of like the fact that one of them is like a Trojan. Virus, um, sort of thing. So they it's sort of like personified this virus because they got plugged into the internet oh. or something like that. And so the family that they, they sort of built, the Trojan got sort of 
embedded into into that code for some reason, and well, um, or maybe there's an extra like and became became self aware with within the um within with, the AI's well, but, yeah, code. I like the idea that as part of of creating this family because the whole thing is sort of this tragic thing, you know, AIs are, are grown in certain ways and they maybe they replicate like a, we'll have to figure out how why there are so many AIs and stuff, but um but they don't get to experience love and family and stuff, and so this. This AI decided, well, I'm going to create that for myself and figured out a way to sort of split their own resources to build that. And they were going to build, like, a partner and a child. Mm -hmm. But when you turn this on, there are two children. (laughs) Know what I was thinking Uh, what what this game could be called? Yeah. TSR. Terminate and stay resident. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've used that before, but I do like that for this. I just um, I kind of like the idea of of this this whole like you just you just say you know it's just called TSR and it's like that's the name of the movie or something like that that they were yeah, they yeah. Were actually doing yeah but yeah yeah it actually gives you a little bit more um, it actually when you when you get to that end twist like that's sort of a bit of an Easter egg of for people who, I, I think you don't even acknowledge it within the game yeah um, but it's just people are, people after the fact are like oh shit TSR like that actually. <laughs> It was sort of the whole thing, but you know that character that you were sort of seeing off in the distance that that was sort of trying to get away. That's that's one of the family members who, or this Trojan virus that is um, out and about in in the actual simulated world instead of mm. within the um, within the mainframe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's really cool. <laughs> that's an awesome world building. Well, you know what we did. We did an adventure game. <laughs> yep. Adventure game designed on Quick. We were thinking we'd do that this episode and we decided not to, but we ended up doing it anyway. So that was cool. Yeah, that was really cool. All um, right, should we knock out one more quick one? Yeah, one more. Before we finish this up. Three to one click. Pessimist. Repeat. Pessimist. Repeat. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, is this a Groundhog Day sort of thing? Probably done too many, done of those. many of those. I think there are only so many sort of puzzle and game mechanics you can come out of that. Yeah. Um, maybe this is someone who works on like a factory assembly line or something. Um, like I'm just sort of thinking the pessimism is coming from just the same thing day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Repeating, 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 repeating. Um, now, I'm not sure where the gameplay comes from. Maybe this is a... I'm sort of wondering how we can abstract that out a bit. Do you know what I mean? So that it's sort of represented in, I don't know, colours or numbers or stats or something, and you affect them in some way. Yeah. Um, mm. It's a bit interesting, isn't it? Well, I just I kind of like the idea of seeing into somebody's life just through, like, graphs or something. <laughs> like, that sounds boring, but, like... You know, their, their mood changes and their, you know, how tired they are and how hungry they are. I mean, not, not full on just like Sims meters or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of picturing a, a very lo-fi game. It's just blocky. I don't know. Yeah, there's something just, there. I'm and just, I can't quite grasp it. I'm just wondering if, um, there's like you, the player, are trying to be an optimist. Um, Saying that you know we can get through all this, and there's a character within within the game that is continually saying, "Oh no, there's <coughs> there's just too much. There's no way that we can actually do this." And you do you continually- play like the the conscience or like the the inner inner monologue of this person, perhaps? Yeah, I'm just thinking: is there a way of of bringing in like a puzzle mechanic in that? Yeah, you're, you're playing within this person's head, and um. If if you if you lose at these at these different puzzle situations, and I'm thinking, you know, the puzzles can be, um, you know, of, diff- of different types depending on what what the um, what the character is sort of having to do um, mm. in the real world. But you you and yeah, because this- I kind of almost picture this as as a semi text adventure, you know, yeah, like it's just describing situations, <clears throat> um. Almost logic puzzle sort of things. <laughs> mm. I mean, it could just be a- Have you seen the um, the Twine system? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could almost just be a Twine game, right? Like, you've got these different choices, um, and they're all optimistic. 
Um, but depending on kind of which way you try to optimistically push this character, this person, you know, different things happen and, and they find a way to turn it into, you know, something, mm-hmm. something bad. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's a great one to end the show. <laughs> no. So, three, two, one, click. <laughs> yeah. Decibel. Decimal. <laughs> <laughs> Decibel and decibel. (laughs) That's really funny. Um, Do you think they're character names? Um, I wonder if you could have someone someone that's like math based and someone that's sound or music based. Well, what came into my head straight away is is basically I'm picturing like the exact um, sound pressure level to like blow someone's eardrums. Okay. And and I'm picturing that, you know, because I'm still in the sort of crime mood, I'm picturing mm. a crime that's been committed where, like, the sound pressure was, level has just been It pushed. was Lucio. It was Lucio. He did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, a, a crime set within the world of Overwatch. <laughs> within the world of Overwatch. Um, so, who's who's been killed? Ooh. We're going into the future Overwatch lore. Where, I don't know, who would, who would, who would be interesting to kill with like, by blasting the brains out of their head with I'm, sound I'm just waves. trying to think, um, which characters are not on Overwatch's side. And it's sort of like, there's your Reaper, your Widowmaker, your Doomfist. Um, yeah, your, uh, Genji, right? Um, that I can't remember. I have a feeling no, I think he's actually on the uh, still on the good side. Didn't he and Hanzo, Hanzo They're and Genji, brothers. Said, yeah, but aren't they on like opposite sides? Anyway, I don't know. I don't remember. <clears throat> this isn't an Overwatch podcast. Uh fuck I haven't played Overwatch in ages. Um Alright, so <laughs> this is the, the thing is Alright, let's just say Doomfist yep. was is found dead with his ears bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> How do they not automatically Say, Lucio. Okay, so you're playing- He's been framed. Okay, okay. okay. You're playing Lucio in a platform game. Okay. Getting away from- um, From Overwatch? Well, uh, you've you've been falsely accused. And basically, it's now turned into, like, um, that uh, movie, The Fugitive, in which Mm -hmm. you're you're playing the Richard Kimball part or whatever it is. Yep. Um- but you're Lucio trying to get away and, you know, you can sort of blast things out of the way as, as you're running and, and oh, that sort yeah. of stuff. As a platformer, Lucio is perfect. Like, he can yeah. run up walls. He can, like, jump, like, double jump by, you know, blasting his, his, uh, his so weapon down, downwards. You, you're going sort of through, like, Sonic-like levels, um, mm. multi, multi-level and all this sort of stuff, trying to basically get away first and then next and get, like, get to- clear your name. Clear your name. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. It is. I like that. Just a pretty, yeah, like a a, 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 um, a spin-off game with Lucio running from Overwatch. And so, of course, but you have, I, I boss, like the idea you have of the boss, boss fights, fights yeah. with yeah with each character. So, like, you got to trace a boss fight, and she's just like you know blinking around all everywhere. Place. Yeah, you've got fucking Reinhardt, and he's just putting up walls and. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Okay, so is it a 3D platformer or is it a- um- I think it's a 3D platformer, but uh, 2D game space. Okay. So, maybe sort of a bit of- well, I mean, the first one that came to my mind for some reason was Explosion Man. Um, <laughs> for some reason. Years. <laughs> but, you know, the sort of thing. With with maybe a mo- like a moving camera, so you are sort of seeing yep. different aspects, um, but but it's, yeah, 2D plane, um, gameplay. That's cool. I like that a lot. That's a good one to win on. Okay. That's- All right. Thanks for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us online, podchaser.com slash Bitstorm is the best place to go. We've got our YouTube up there, our Facebook group, all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook. You can get iTunes. You can play it, open it in any other player. And, uh, and hey, click through to our creator profiles and see what other shows we've been on. Wow. So cool. Yeah, there's it. been a few. We'd like to thank all our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search for 
AGP Network on Twitter or hashtag AGPN. And look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Click through, check all those other podcasts out that you might find something that you like. I certainly have. Um, and finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's it. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Amp it up.